great. Well, hi, everyone. It's Obi Abuchi here with the Leading From Your Core podcast and vodcast. This show is dedicated to helping leaders all around the world discover leadership wisdom, stories, and insights that will enable you to tap into the power of leading from the inside out. I'm delighted to welcome on the show today, Paul Turner. Paul is the Managing Director, Retail of Just Group, and he is responsible for all of the group's retail businesses in the UK and in South Africa. And previously, Paul led Just Group's mortgage, corporate development, and international divisions. And he is also married and the proud father of two kids who keep him very busy, <laughs> uh, no doubt. And so, Paul, it is delightful to have you on the show today and really looking forward to our conversation. Obi, pleasure. Thank you for the invite. Really looking forward to the conversation as well. Good to see you again. You too. You too. And, and actually, yeah, just on, on that note, because for our listeners and viewers, Paul said, good to see you again. Paul and I met at a conference last year, at the end of last year, the Yechunde Hoffman's What's Your Story conference. And Paul's story was incredibly powerful, uh, moving. And I thought it'd be great to have you on the show and just talk about the topic, the specific topic, and we'll introduce it um, shortly, uh, some of what you shared then. So yeah, very much looking forward to our conversation now. Um, I've introduced you on a professional front and also just personal with your family, but just so our viewers and listeners get to know you a bit more, um, what else would you like to share about yourself? You know, what, what gets Paul excited? What are some of the other things that you get involved in other than uh, work? Sure, yeah, thank you. Well, I've got the young family, as you said, so they're, they're the thing that keep, keep me most busy. Uh, as, as you know, with young, with young kids, they're, um, they, they take up a lot of your time, and that's all really good. Um, one thing I've discovered um, fairly recently, I've, I've, always, I've always enjoyed running, but I've recently sort of took on the challenge to, to train and, and, and complete, uh, complete a marathon. So uh, I ran my first oh, marathon wow. in, in Manchester in, in April and, and got round. Um, and so I was really pleased for that, raised, raised some money for some, some good causes. Um, what I find of running, uh, what I really find of running is it gives space. So I, I find I, I can go for a run and, and, and start, my mind will wander and I, and I start to solve problems I haven't really started to think about as you know I haven't consciously gone out there and gone I'm going to solve this problem today I find it's a space just space for me a little bit of time away from everything I don't listen to music just just get out there and enjoy the fresh air and uh, let the mind go and it's amazing amazing how many sort of things that I come up with during running some people say that it comes up they, they do it in the shower right but never works for me I know I've never solved anything in the shower but but going for a run that that, that little bit of time away I think and, and space and sort of good for the soul I think Obi, good for the soul so yeah, yeah. so that, that's that's the other thing and I'm you know I, I've I did my first marathon as I say just recently uh, and I've caught the bug I think so I'm hoping to to keep going wow wow that's amazing um the running a marathon is one of those things that it's on my bucket list. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. Bucket list. it was on mine for a number of years. <laughs> a, a landmark birthday, I think, spurred me into it. But no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that that's brilliant. And congratulations on doing that. And I'm sure the uh, thanks. It's fab. I tell you the other thing, actually, a little, another another story. And I'm sure anyone who's, who's, who's ever run a marathon will appreciate this. The crowd absolutely amazing this is in manchester so thank you to the crowd in manchester they are so inspiring you know they're, they're cheering on total strangers and uh i kind of forgot that you have your name on on the on the front of your your bib and so you know people go come on paul away and go, who are they talking to <laughs> and remember oh it's me i've got my name on, on my bib but when you when you're hitting that wall and everyone hits the wall i think mine was about 20 miles in and, and you literally feel i can't go on another six miles i can't go on and then you then you come around the corner and there's a group of people who you've never met before urging you on cheering you it really gives you this boost really gives you this boost and you know it's wow. just uh, strangers cheering on and giving giving you energy it's it's yeah, a, there's yeah. definitely something in there as well i think from a business context <laughs> <laughs> there is there is there's <laughs> something in in everything you've said there about the marathon just that moment of quietness because and we were talking a bit about this just before the show we live in a busy world indeed uh, we live in a fast-paced world things are changing and transforming all of the time and having that space i, I love the way you described it there of um being able to tackle some of those big problems and and it's true i mean i tend to i do have it in in the shower sometimes <laughs> well done but i but i i love walks and and i find that going out one of the things that i did recently was i changed my watch from an apple watch nothing against apple i've got an apple phone and all of that but uh i just thought i want to go out without devices mm. just have a good old analog watch so i could know the time but other than that, I just want to go out and just have that space to think. And it's amazing so the different ideas that come up, as you say, when you're able to let the mind wander. And as leaders in particular, that's so important because I, I say this to leaders all the time. We're facing, we're having to make significant decisions. And if you don't have a practice that allows you to cut through the noise and, and really go to a much deeper level to um, uncover solutions that you're not just forcing yourself to think through, but allowing mm. nature just to uh, bring those solutions. And I, I totally agree. I mean, if you think about if you think about the sport analogy, every every athlete you know, takes rest, don't they, and recuperation, and it, mm -hmm. it it's recovery time. Um, and I, I was saying to my wife last night, actually, should we just should we just get our phones and put them away after, say, 7 p.m. at night? And she's a bit reluctant at the moment, but I'm going to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I think it's it's just constantly on. And uh, I, I don't think it is good for us as leaders or, or as human beings. And let's yeah, yeah, let's yeah. let's sort of put that away, you know, and connect, connect in the old fashioned way. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, and that's, there's a lot of research now that talks, highlights the things that take energy away from us and the things that give us energy. And there's, to some degree, a lot of these things are, they're permissible, they're useful, but when you're on all the time, when you're connected all the time, I, I love describing as being connected to the matrix. Every so often you got to unplug from 
the matrix and, and really get in touch with reality and you know and then dive back in again and completely so that's so cool and and the other thing i loved about just your description of your experience with the marathon is those supporters and and you said when you hit the wall they gave you energy absolutely and and that's it we all need that what are the things that give (laughs) us energy what are the things that are taking away energy and do we have people in our lives that are helping us have the energy we need to just go through life to be productive be you know fulfilled meaningful um in what we're doing so i I, I agree and i think you know these 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 individuals of course are strangers you know they have no skin in the game so to speak Mm. it's it's truly authentic support and i i I, i'm i would be surprised if they absolutely if they really appreciate how powerful it is uh, and what a great job they do just being there and giving support to these runners yeah, that they've, yeah, they've yeah. never met before. So again, thank you. Thank you, Manchester, if you're listening. <laughs> thank you, Manchester. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, marathon supporters all around the world. I Absolutely, mean, yes. Done it. Thank you for cheering us on. I, for me, it's also, it's a beautiful moment of us just connecting with one another as human beings it's no skin in the game nothing other than i just want to cheer you on because you're doing something great there so that's wonderful that's been a fantastic um intro already and already some great insights and just talking about something that you're doing on a just a a renewal level which for the the leaders that listen to this this is absolutely uh, critical I want to segue into another topic that is amongst leadership, but also just generally in the world of personal development and professional growth comes back again and again and again. And this was something that you spoke about at the conference. I thought would be a great one to uh, touch on in the show today is uh, imposter syndrome (laughs) Mm. and how that can sometimes derail us as leaders and how to navigate that and and overcome that. So I'd love it if you could just share a little bit of your story and how you've had to navigate imposter syndrome. Um, yeah, sure, Obi. And, you know, sort of the term imposter syndrome, I guess, isn't something that I would have kind of used myself, certainly not at the time, <clears throat> and wouldn't have even been aware of such a thing as imposter syndrome. It's just sort of, you know, looking back with hindsight, you realise this is something that that, that was going on. Um, but the, the story for me really was, was coming from a, a very humble working class uh, background. Um, both my parents um, uh, were, were working class. And they'd, they'd come from working class backgrounds themselves. Um, I think I said, to, said at the conference, you know, my mum in particular um, had a real kind of natural talent for, for numbers. And I think in today's age with the right support, we've probably been doing a job similar to mine in, in financial services, maybe being an accountant, maybe being an actuary. Um, but from where she came from and what she was encouraged to do, it was, well, you know, you can be a, a hairdresser or, or, or something like that. And so... Um, my parents were amazing and are amazing. My parents are still here, amazing, loving, supportive parents to myself and my sister. And we had an amazing childhood, but from a, you know, a very working class uh, background. 
and when I found myself in um, <clears throat> in early stage of my career, um, uh, and I said this uh, at, at the at the conference, um, there was this moment, and I still recall it so vividly, where where I said a word, and um, the, I was in a meeting with a group of people, and somebody without really malice, I'm sure, but just sort of made a bit of fun of the way I spoke, and it felt as if all of the lights were shining on me at that moment, you know, that want the whole floor to open up. <laughs> and um, that stuck with me so powerfully. And even to the point that I sort of resented the, my background and my parents and how, how could they have not have kind of um, helped me understand that in this new environment, I should talk in a different way, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I made a sort of a conscious decision in that I would never be in that situation again. And so that meant hiding who I was at that mm-hmm. point. So, you know, trying to fit in uh, uh, with, uh, with a background that wasn't me, but more importantly, sort of hiding kind of the background of where I was and not wanting to talk about the fact that I'd grown up in, uh, in a council house from working class parents who hadn't been to university and so on and so forth. Um, and of course, because of that, you end up being you know, not true and not feeling authentic mm. to yourself. Um, and eventually, and, and, and thank goodness for this, the, re- the realization is and was that isn't because it wasn't in spite of that background that I achieved success in, 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 in my professional career. It's actually because of that background, the values, um, the love, the security, the really wonderful upbringing that I'd had. It was all of those things that made me me. It wasn't me wow. achieving things in spite of that. It was me achieving things very much because of that, you know, because of my parents and who they were and who they are, the people they are still today. Um, but it's um, it's a very uncomfortable thing. And I think we are much better now in, in professional life at realizing that it's very important that we embrace inclusion and diversity and, and try to... Um, understand that people add value from multiple different backgrounds and we don't all need or should look uh, the same and talk the same and certainly think the same um and i think for my part it's sort of having been through that experience myself really being very conscious of let's look out for this let's let's ensure we've got an environment and and a culture where people can you know, come and be their whole selves, which sounds like a cliche, but it's really what it's about. You go, go to work and bring your whole self there. And as we know, that achieves benefits for the business, much greater benefits than people who are sort of, you know, frightened to bring the whole self to work. Yeah. <clears throat> but I didn't know it as imposter syndrome, at, at, <laughs> oh, at, sure. at, certainly at the time. Um, but uh, particularly in financial services, you know, the, and, and it's, it's changing it's changing over time over time but sort of 20 30 years ago a lot of people had come from similar backgrounds similar schools similar universities Um, and by the time you sort of look at the boardroom table it was really concentrated within that sort of population (laughs) yeah yeah paul hey thanks again for sharing that your story resonated powerfully with me then uh, and it did uh, just now and, and does just now as well as you when you got to that moment it was a little bit like, like a crescendo for me when you said you know my success now and the impact that that I'm having isn't in spite of my background <laughs> it's because of my background and w- what a powerful message for 
us to hear and especially because you went deeper it's you know the values that you learned the ideas and, and and the character that your parents helped form in you that's a big part of the the success that you're able to build on now build on's right it's the absolute foundations that's right yeah and and, and that yeah that's so wonderful because it's what one of my boys um <laughs> talks about he's he's only 13 but he's been talking about the fact that actually life is fair in the sense that it's unfair to all of us in in one way or the other <laughs> and, and it would be wonderful if we you know were all born and you know all born to <laughs> to royalty and and but but that's just not life is it that's no. a a fantasy and the reality is we all come into the world in in different guises and from different backgrounds uh, but there are things that we can celebrate from our backgrounds that enable us to um, show up as our, our full selves and um, which is really key and so I love that I love the fact that you're able to go back and and say actually a lot of my success is um, thanks to my upbringing I, I'm curious for you, this realization, was there a transition that you noticed in your leadership in the way that, you know, were there things you were hiding? Were there moments where you were holding back um, as a leader because you were hiding a part of yourself? And, and what's the yep. difference yep. now that you're yep. showing up more fully? What's the difference? Yeah, I, 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 think, I think there wasn't one kind of, um, you know, one day when everything was held in and the next day everything was oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think i think there was one sort of you know day when it was when it all changed i think i think it was a, over a period of time and I, and and but absolutely if, if i think about the journey it, it, it was a journey that went from a, a time where um there's a work a, a work face of paul and a home face of paul mm-hmm. uh, and, those, and those two they were the same person but you know they were always different and because of because of that you are holding something back um and when you are holding something back i think people can sense that and you and and potentially you can appear aloof potentially you can appear a bit detached um and i think that did manifest absolutely um uh, and being just comfortable to be who you are i think allows people to relate to the authenticity and I think that's really important that people just see who you are uh, and can can feel that you know they know you and have the opportunity to know you and you have they feel you know open to be able to have the same conversation um we recently did a um we call it a just talk remember our, our business is called just so we mm-hmm. uh, these the sessions are organized by people in the business they do you know a fabulous job about about this and that they have various different topics and invite various different people and from all across the business, just come together and, and have a conversation. Um, and um, they invited me to come along and, and talk. Um, and I, I, I shared the same story that I'd shared um, with you at the, at the conference. And again, people people really re- responded very positively to sort of go, okay, gosh, you know, um, one of the leaders in our business is talking about this time of feeling vulnerable. Um, and okay, I didn't really understand that and really see that. And, you know, 
Paul, you certainly don't talk like that anymore. <laughs> and as you, as you as you heard from my previous story, but I did change. I consciously changed the way I spoke. Mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't now talk the way I, I did at eight, eighteen. Um, but that was part of that evolution. And um, so so I haven't I've been kind of I guess revert back to who I was at eighteen. But I am who I am now. All of the journey oh, I've been yeah, through yeah. creates who I am today. And and just being very comfortable in in my own skin means I think that um, people can relate to that authenticity. I certainly hope so anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I do still see this, um, and I guess we all do it to some degree. It's part of human nature, isn't it, to, to form quick opinions. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of the, you know, how we evolved. You know, it's how we survive. It, it's, it's efficient. So somebody oh, says yeah. something, you form a first impression. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I still, I still come across it, still see it, particularly, particularly. And the thing I suppose my antenna is really up to here is, is the, um, the way of speaking, the regional accent, and so on. And so, so I do, I still do see this sometimes. Somebody talks a little bit differently, and, mm-hmm. and, and people will go, okay, you know, that is different. Um, but that's, that's what makes us so interesting. That difference. Yeah, yeah. But no, not a, not a, not an overnight change. I think it's a, it was totally. it was it was a journey, um, and, a, and a journey to really kind of go okay, very comfortable. There's nothing there's nothing to hide about who I am. In fact, it should be celebrated. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that's important for people to understand that, that it's a process where we're evolving and we're growing um, all the time. And and there are two things that that you said that I think so powerful to bring out. Um, one, this idea, just that you mentioned just a short while ago of, of difference and and that difference isn't bad it's just different right and I, I've what one of the things that came out during um the Black Lives Matter movement was um comments towards um black people for example saying oh you know you're so eloquent um and just saying, but what, what does that mean? Does that is that eloquent because I speak with a Queen's English? But what if I spoke with a um, a, a more sort of African accent or Nigerian accent? Does that make me less eloquent just mm-hmm. because it's not with a specific um, type of accent? And so just understanding that difference isn't doesn't mean one is better or one one's worse. It's just different. And Spot being, on. Yeah, absolutely. Celebrate uh, that and recognize the value of that and the value of the those perspectives and contributions and cultures and all of that. Being able to celebrate that, I think, is is really is really. Key. I think so. I think so. And it's it, it it's unconscious bias at times, but again, I think it's how there's a part of it is how our brain is wired, in my view, to to as I say, get to a conclusion quickly. So if we're if we're trained by by culture to think yeah. the queen's english equals articulate or equals art, uh, intelligence um yeah. then that's the quick <laughs> way the brain works okay that's what that equals but being being aware that that's the case and there may be some unconscious bias there i think gets you know draws that out and people can then be conscious and and actually know okay this is this may be going on and i need to correct for that indeed indeed yeah yeah and the other thing I wanted to just draw out that I thought was really powerful is this idea of the vulnerability that a leader demonstrates and, and displays. I, I was having a group coaching session 
yesterday with some young leaders. And one of the ideas that emerged was that it's really important, especially for leaders, that when there's a moment to demonstrate vulnerability, as a leader, go first. When there's time to make a decision, as a leader, do your best to go last, because your vulnerability helps other people say, oh, it's okay. It's okay to say, I'm feeling this way. It's okay yes. to say I'm struggling with something. But when it comes to decision making, draw out the other people and, and allow them to go first and really give them the opportunity to um, speak up. And, and so really critical that leaders are able to, to do that. Because if all you do is show strength as a leader, then that shuts people down because it just isn't reality. And what you're doing by sharing your story is you're sharing reality and giving people permission whether we like it or not where we don't realize it by not talking about things we almost make it taboo but when leaders are vulnerable you're essentially saying i'm giving you permission i'm giving myself permission mm -hmm. to be me to be real to be honest and therefore that gives people around you permission to be real to be themselves and to be honest and then that also creates psychological safety because then you think oh, it's okay for me to be honest and show up and and before you know it they're you're wanting to give more of your best because you're not feeling hampered by all of these um subconscious and invisible barriers that you think are being placed around you so it's it i i agree it's one of the interesting things of, about being a leader isn't it you have this you know this badge or there's a hierarchy um uh, so you know that you're 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 treated and seen differently you've got a some some people describe it as you know you you cast a bigger shadow and and this this is what you are describing here if you act in a certain way then that's the signal that this is the way people act mm. around around here so if you are the heroic leader who never shows any weakness that's what people believe they need to do to get on um, yeah. And I think you know that is a that is a somewhat old-fashioned sort of way of thinking about the leader. And I do I do see, unfortunately, many 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 more leaders who are really more open to say, "Hey, no, I don't know," or "I'm feeling, I'm feeling down today," or "It's not a great day for me. I'm not really, uh, <laughs> you know, in the flow today. Um, it's 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 not working." Or "Yeah, this is this is something I'm struggling with." And as you say, giving giving people the permission to to um, to help as well you know and, and not and not feel that there's only one person who has to come up with all the answers or the solutions but i think it is that that shadow a leader cast that you, you do need to be aware of even if even if you even if you are in a, in a position where you you see yourself as a supporter and a sort of you know a servant to your to your team nonetheless once you're in that position you know people look to you for clues on how people behave around here and you set the you set the culture as a leader indeed indeed yeah and some of the, the work that i've done on imposter syndrome and even for myself just experiencing um that and in large part so that the way it showed up for me is i was so born here in the uk and then went back to nigeria when i was seven and lived there for 10 years and then came back to the UK when I was 17. And I had this really weird experience that in Nigeria, I would look around and I think these are my people, but I don't feel at home because I've got a bit of more of a Western mindset in a sense. 
And then I came back to the UK and I thought, okay, I feel at home, but these are not my people. And so I felt <laughs> like an imposter everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. I'm in Nigeria. I feel like an imposter. And I'm here in the UK. I feel like an imposter. And, and, and I've had to do a lot of work over the years. And, and I, I, one fundamental thing, underlying element of imposter syndrome is fear. It's fear of, not belonging it's Actually. fear of um not being accepted it's fear yep. that people will think you're just not good enough and and i've fear of looking silly oh, yeah fear of looking silly all of yep. that right mm. all of the yep. fears it feels and and just over time just learning to be comfortable i've had to learn to be comfortable with this balance with this transnationality of well, I'm not fully Nigerian in a sense, but I'm not fully British and that's okay because I can still connect. And so that gives me a unique perspective. It gives me a strength that I can draw on. And in those moments where I feel like I don't fit in, that's okay. I just accept that as, as life, but no longer defining or allowing those fears drive and, and control uh, how I show up. But it is a journey. Uh, I had a similar experience over here. I'd lived in um, Australia for, for eight years. So over there, I was the, the palm as they, as they call you. <clears throat> and when I, when I, when I came, <laughs> when I came back to England, I'd picked up an Australian twang. And so, 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 so I was, I was the Aussie. So I do, I do know how you feel. Um, the, other, the other thing I found interesting though, in sort of listening to you there is I, I, I think that if you look at children, particularly children to perhaps the age of about seven, um, something happens to them around about that sort of age, seven, eight, I, I think it, it typically is, where they suddenly become very self-aware um, and, and their peer group, their friends become the people they're very self-aware around. And, and all of those things that you described around sort of, you know, fear of not fitting in, fear of standing out, fear of looking silly, suddenly switched on then. Uh, at, at that age because if you look at younger children they have none of that do they they're, they're wonderfully and blissfully uh, carefree uh, and, and they don't care about what anyone sort of thinks but suddenly that sort of um, friendship group becomes all important and um, and something happens and, and and I think we carry that they really carry it with us as, as we grow uh, grow up and that, that fear of not fitting in I think is something that fundamentally comes from childhood yeah 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 it, it does and i think of it as as a journey of growth and maturity because we start off quite dependent and we're very childish in our behaviors and, and then we become independent where we think hey i want to do my own thing but i really want to connect to my peers and maturity is that interdependent where i yeah. can connect with people i can want to belong but i can also just accept who I am and know how to hold my own space, uh, really, um, both as an individual and and as uh, a leader. So um, it's hey, a journey. Yeah, it is, it is a journey. And, and some incredible points, I, I think, just the idea of learning to be vulnerable, share our story and realize how people uh, appreciate that. And, and that helps you show up as a leader. It's, it's one of those positive um cyclical catch 22s in a sense that the the more you show up the more authentic you are the more people appreciate that that in a sense validates and enables you to show up uh, more authentically um next time which is an amazing thing um 
So I would love to wrap up with a question to you, to your younger self. So the <laughs> 16-year-old uh, Paul, if you were to sit down with him now, what would you say, given all your understanding now and your perspective and everything, that you know, what would you say to him about, not necessarily, you know, imposter syndrome per se but just navigating life with this lens of being at peace with who you are. I, I i i would i would say to my younger self you know be be proud of of who you are and where you come from but i i, I realized my younger self wouldn't really listen so. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because you can't you can't put that that experience on young shoulders can you I mean, we, we have we have to experience it but I'd, lo I'd love to go back and say hey you know it, 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 this this is the great foundation you've got everything you need here there's nothing there's nothing to uh, to uh, be ashamed of there's nothing to uh, to feel um you know you you have to hide it's it's all great and you know and and, and also as well i think the other, the other thing is that you feel in those in those situations where you potentially feel um you don't fit in and you're being excluded I think I think another thing I would say to my younger self is, you know, a lot of that is probably how you see it rather than how it's meant from sure. from the others. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that sort of um, moment that, that I remember so vividly. I don't think the other person meant any malice from it, um, mm, but yeah. uh, it's sort of it it really it really went deep to me that I didn't fit in, and so you know it's it is for people to kind of appreciate the impact they can have on others but also to my younger self i would say hey don't take it so seriously but as i say i wouldn't have listened <laughs> well yeah I, I think the amazing thing about that is even though you wouldn't listen i think it's still a fantastic message for a lot of our viewers and listeners because psychologically <laughs> we can at least tell our younger selves within us yes but actually it's 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 okay um you know one don't take it so seriously celebrate who you are um there's so many incredible things about you about your upbringing that you can leverage and rather than seeing some of these things as blockers they are a lot of our setbacks actually set us up for an incredible oh so true yes yeah. um, so true yeah so that's uh, a powerful message uh paul thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing it um to our listeners and viewers i love hearing it again i think it's a powerful one and i know that a lot of people will get a lot out of uh, listening to it here so to all our listeners and viewers i know for sure you enjoyed that got a lot out of it um hope you were taking notes and and speaking to the younger self within you <laughs> and remember that if you want to be a courageous and resilient leader if you want to live life on purpose and with purpose then it starts from the inside out have a great day see you on the next show and paul thanks again for thank you Obi. thanks for the invitation great bye-bye